calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of Title Fight, Season 2 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Title Fight is also available as an ebook and as an ad free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit slash title fight. It took some time for the wheels of the fight game to turn. Not surprising. Those gears are always rusty, slow, and they don't really move until they are lubricated with money. Money and lies. Six weeks to the day after Kai was called on the carpet and stripped of his heavyweight title, the headlines created a shockwave that crushed all other media in its path. Kyle the Heretic North released from his GFA contract. The Heretic signed to a six-fight deal with the Intergalactic Fighting Association. And the biggest neutron bomb of all, his first bout would be on Buddha City Station against Korak the Cutter for the IFA Heavyweight Championship. Since Kai was no longer in the GFA, this fight wouldn't technically create a unified title, but fight fans didn't care. As far as they were concerned, it was the GFA champ up against the IFA champ, and the winner would be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the entire universe. The PR Blitz reduced the unfortunate death of GFA council member Cole Draba to a footnote in the news. No sports journalist connected it with Kai jumping ship to the IFA. Maybe they didn't because if they did start to piece it together, it was made clear that accidents like the one that befell Draba might coincidentally happen again. The fight announcement had been three weeks earlier, enough time for the promoters to gouge networks for exclusive coverage rights and enough time for the networks to gouge advertisers for ad slots. Not that any of it mattered to Kai. He trained. Trained alone, it turned out. Marcus Diablo refused to train him. The old man knew about the deal Kyle had cut with Greedock the Splithead, and Marcus wasn't one to offer silent assent. He'd made it clear that if Kai wanted to be in some hairy sack of a gangster's pocket, Marcus wasn't interested. As he had five years earlier, Kai traveled to Buddha City Station alone. He hadn't been back since the night he became Crusader's champion, the night he'd nearly died in a post-fight barroom brawl with Brokaw the Razor Barbed, The night he'd been reborn in a tidal wave of blood and realization as the heretic. The station still looked like the High Ones Billy Club. 
the pride of the Pyrrhus nation's, quote, outreach efforts, end quote, to create interaction with the subspecies. As long as they didn't set foot on the holy planets, of course. Fifty-seven decks in various stages of repair, and crawling with all human police in their emerald green uniforms. The Buddha greens mostly did what they wanted to do, and if that meant beating the crap out of the satanic races, well, that's the way it was. Unless you were in a strong gang or had the money for bodyguards, best to allocate about half your pay for the greens. The weigh-in alone was a bigger event than most actual fights. It took over Buddhist City's entire main drag. Outside the station, fireworks exploded in space, blazing in time with the sonic eruptions inside the station that shook the very air molecules. Thousands of sentients, all races and nationalities, were crammed shoulder to shoulder, pulpy flesh to hard exoskeleton. Word was hotel rooms on Buddha City Station were going for a hundred times their normal rates. Hotel ships were still coming in from all over the galaxy, even though the fight's 15,000 tickets sold out in a record 37 seconds. They lowered Cayenne on a hover sled. He was flanked by two Amazons almost as tall as he was, gorgeous and bikini-clad, with the finest, shapeliest curves money could buy. They presented him like the grand prize in a game show or the hottest new model conveyance at Transport Expo. Kai wore a kimono-style robe embossed with his inverted crucifix logo. He'd grown his hair out and wore it styled in the ancient samurai fashion, even braiding a thin beard from his chin. The crowd was deafening, the lights blinding. He and Korak were separated by waves of reporters, managers, trainers, and IFA officials. Kai could barely see the legendary Quith Warrior champion through the thicket of bodies and the holo camera glares. Tonight, the weigh-in. Tomorrow, the fight. They weighed Korak first. Low one, but he was big for a Quith Warrior. So many fused cracks in his chitin, he looked like a hard-boiled egg dropped from 50 feet up, then reconstructed into something unbreakable, something bulletproof. Easily the biggest petty palps Kai had ever seen, and the middle arms? Kai would have to stay the hell away from those. That, or just break them. Kai knew, though, that he really had to watch out for Korak's legs. The cutter wasn't as fast as he'd been in his prime, and kicks could be easily dodged or countered, but each time those big feet lashed out, they carried pure knockout power. When it was Kyle's turn, he disrobed and flexed for the crowd, then formed the upside-down cross with his forearms that was one of his trademarks. The fans nearly cannibalized each other. Someone handed him a Buddha City beer. It came in a pressurized metal tube guaranteed to keep it fresh, even in the vacuum of space. Buddha City Beer was sponsoring the event. Kai played his role, holding it label first at the holo cameras before stabbing its center with the point of his elbow. He held the tube aloft and guzzled the logger that sprang forth, shaking his head and letting it froth on him as the crowd cheered. Finally, for good measure, he sprayed the excess on his scantily clad escorts who tittered and writhed on cue. Everyone ate it up. It was exactly what the promoters wanted. Kai never looked over at Korak the Cutter to see how the legendary fighter reacted to the antics. Kai would have said he didn't care, but there was also a part of Kai 
that didn't want to know what Korak really thought of him as a fighter, as a sentient. Kai returned to the green room the organizers had quartered off for him. It was filled with gifts, food and drink, free samples from companies seeking his services as a spokesman. However, a new delivery had arrived while Kaiao was playing to the crowd. A small, furry quith leader and his two battle-hardened bodyguards. Greetings, Kaiao. Greedock the Splithead was seated on the plush couch. He looked like a doll to Kai. Virak the Mean stood stoically by his master's side. Chodo the Bright was there as well, examining a life-size rendering of Kai holding an energy drink that one of the corporations had mocked up as an enticement. It had been six weeks since Kai had shredded Chodo's leg. The leg looked completely healed. Greedock's money, apparently, could pay for a top-notch surgeon. Greedock, Kai said. You didn't have to come in person. A gift basket would have been fine. Ah, but I am here to do more than congratulate you, Rex said, and that's when Kai felt the other shoe drop, directly down his gullet. I am here to discuss the outcome of the fight. Catch me after it's over, Kai said, although he already knew where this was going. We can crack open a beer and watch the replay. I got twelve cases in the corner over there. Chodo inspected those with interest. Greedock's one-eyed cranium seemed to bob slightly. Kai couldn't tell whether the quith was nodding or laughing or both. Let us speak plainly, Mr. North. There is not a sentient in the known universe who would bet on Korak the Cutter defeating you. Even the quith who praise Korak's name won't speak it to their bookmakers when it's time to lay down their wagers on this epic battle. Sounds like a big problem for the guy running illegal sports betting. I'm glad I'm not him. No, you are not him. But you do owe him a great deal. I restored your career, and I require repayment. No one is saying you cannot or will not be champion. You simply cannot and will not take the title from the hero of my people. Am I understood? Kai nodded. That's why you booked the fight here, isn't it? On Buddha City Station. So that the hero of your people could see him beat the purest nation's best right on purest nation territory. Korak flies home a hero and never fights again. Am I right? Partially. Buddha City Station also has a certain flexibility with the law that I don't have even in a city I control. I put you in the IFA. You will get your title shot but for now, you owe me. I said I'd owe you. I didn't say how much. Time for semantics is gone, Mr. North. This is not a request. No, but this is still a refusal. You are in no position to offer a refusal. You will lose this fight in the third round. How you lose it, I leave entirely up to you. Shuck you, Shamacath. Kai stormed out of the green room without waiting for a reaction. Greedock's warriors didn't follow him. Even in his rage, Kai knew that was only because Greedock must have ordered them not to. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth 
of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Bartender remembered him. Kai sat in what might have been the same bar stool he'd occupied the night Brokaw the Razor Barbed opened his skull and, by proxy, a larger universe to Kyle. Tell that story at least twice a night, the gruff human told Kai. Most of the tourists don't believe it, that the heretic himself sat right there and took the worst beatdown I ever seen in my life. Say, champ, do you think maybe you could sign the bar top here? Maybe with a little joke about us so I got some confirmation? Kai tuned him out. He wasn't in the mood. He wanted to kill Greedock, but was content to murder several bottles of hard liquor. Prodigal son returns, a voice spoke over Kai's right shoulder. Kyle might have ignored that one, too, except it sparked some vague recognition. More than that, it commanded his attention. He swerved around in his stool. It was Malachi, the Ides of March, McMaster's the greatest fighter in the history of the purest nation. Before Kai, of course. Kai had only met him once before, that same night he'd been thrashed by Brokaw the Razor Barbed. McMaster sat in the front row as a special guest during all Crusaders' title bouts. Whose son? Kai asked. The older man settled into the barstool next to him. He didn't have the face of a retired fighter, despite the scars. It was more like the face of a Roman general from the time period in Earth's history that gave him his nickname. When you're the champ, you belong to the universe. You're everybody's son. That's deep for bangers like us. Do you prefer to drink alone? I can drink alone with you sitting right there. It was as close to an invitation as Kyle ever extended, and even that was rare. McMasters ordered the same acid-strong swill Kai was drinking. For a while, they didn't talk. Finally, after draining his second glass, McMaster said, You know the holy men put a hit on you when you bolted. Kai only nodded. They came to me with the contract, as a matter of fact. They figured I could get close to you and I was maybe the one guy in the purest nation who could take you out. Kyle snorted into his drink. What was the offer? Oh, they make me an archbishop. Wealth beyond my wildest dreams, power to match it, pretty much what you'd expect. And you said no. I said no. They drank. Kyle soon realized that McMasters wouldn't just offer the next part, he had to be asked. All right, Kai relented. Why did you say no? Because after you busted your contract to bang with the satanic species, I started thinking a lot more about words. Like champion and gladiator and warrior. Champions can be manufactured. Gladiators can be all hype. Warriors are just product of someone else's training. They're all just words, kid. The only one that actually means something is fighter. That's all I ever wanted to be. I ended up being a gladiator instead. I've seen your fights, Kai said. You were the real deal. McMaster smiled a sad smile. Thanks, kid. That means, well, it matters anyway. But I never had to fight you. No, you didn't. Kyle was silent for a long time. He didn't believe in fate or in destiny. 
He also didn't believe an aging mixed martial artist just turned up in moments like these, spouting philosophy. The real reason I didn't come after you? I hope that, well, I hoped you were different. That you were the one they couldn't reach. That there really could be a man who was a pure fighter, nothing else. Kai looked up at the older man. You know, don't you? I'm not the only one, McMaster said. Line is drawn back to even odds. Considering your skill and Korak's age, that means people think you're going to take a dive. That true? Kai shook his head. No shucking way. I can't. I wouldn't even know how to throw a fight. Well, if your life matters to you, you better learn. I know you're in the wheel now. I've been there. I'm still there in a way. And when my time came, I made like a spoke and moved the wheel where they told me to. I wasn't strong enough to break the damn thing apart and roll my own way. I wanted to be a champion. I forgot it was just a word. I forgot all that matters is being a fighter. And I stopped fighting. The battles mattered anyway. But those are the ones you've been taking up. I don't want to see you stop fighting, even if you still get in the ring. McMasters finished his drink and stood up. So that's the whole thing? McMaster stared at him. It's more than I thought I'd say when I saw you sitting here. I'll tell you something. My life doesn't really matter to me all that much. Fighting does. The old man smiled, then walked away. Kyle watched him go. Watched him until he disappeared down the corridor. You want another one, champ? The bartender asked. No, Kai said. I'm all done. The gym was empty. It was no coincidence. Kyle had rented out the facility for the entire weekend he was to be on the station. His every molecule felt soaked with alcohol, and he preferred to sweat his drunk off rather than conveniently dismiss it with a pill or a shot. I loaded 800 pounds onto the horizontal bar, slipping 400-pound plates onto each end, and reclined against the ergonomic bench. He'd already forgotten most of McMaster's words, but what Kai couldn't shake was the image of the look on the man's face as he spoke. 500 reps in, Kai's eyes were closed and the bar suddenly crushed down against his chest as if someone had added another 800 pounds to each end. He choked on his own breath and looked up. Kai found himself staring into the single, glaring eye of Virak, the mean. I said I hoped I'd be able to give you an honorable death, human, with Warrior said, dribbling yellowish bile onto Kai's face with each word. Chodo the Bright was looming at the other end of the bench. You'll decide tonight if this is the night that comes to pass. My master requires two things. The correct response to his order, and that you answer for your insult. In one deft, blinding motion, Kai's hand shot outward to the end of the weight bar, where he slipped a hundred-pound plate off each side, then clapped them together like symbols. The only thing that kept Virak's brain from becoming a pancake was the quith's natural armor. Kai brought the plates down, then up again fast, trying to finish the job, but even badly stunned, Virak was able to catch Kyle's wrists with his strong petty palps. Kai dropped the plates and curled his body, the remaining 400 pounds pressing down on his chest and throat, his thick abdominal muscles bringing his knees up until he snapped out his left leg, driving his shin into Virak's cranium. 
The kick staggered Virak backward, and as it did, Kai extended out again, kicking like an enraged mule and driving both feet into Chodo the Bright with enough force to knock the enforcer off balance. Kyle rolled off the bench, pulling the weight bar with him, dipping one end, then the other. Hundred-pound plates dropped hard to the floor. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Kai stood tall and alert, gaining his bearings. The 45-pound weight bar held in both hands like the weapon it now was. Virak and Chodo weren't alone. They'd learned their lesson, or Greedock had learned it for them. There were four other Quith warriors surrounding Kai, as well as a hulking key Greedock had no doubt hired out of Buddha City as backup. Virak and Chodo moved to the background, allowing their fellow warriors to begin closing in. All right, Kai. Which one of you ugly shuckers gets to die first? There was a moment's hesitation that touched all four Quith warriors surrounding him. The sight of Kai Al North, nearly seven feet tall and holding a meter-long bar of solid steel as if it were a battle axe, was enough to give even a battalion pause. One-on-one, or five-on-one, Kai never missed a chance to strike first. He stepped right and thrust out, driving the end of the bar into the cyclops face of the first warrior. Before that one ever fell, Kai his right foot, driving left, driving that end of the bar into a quith warrior chest. The one in front of him rushed in, smartly watching for the bar but dumbly forgetting that Kai had killed trained martial artists. Kai's foot swept his knee and the warrior went down hard. The fourth quith warrior, the one at Kai's back, locked his lower limbs around Kai's waist while his petty palps extended over Kai's shoulder, clamped down on the weight bar and drew it tight across Kai's throat. Kai had been choked more times than he could count. He knew exactly how long he had before he started to black out, and you could do a lot of damage in seven seconds. The hired key muscle closed in. Four arms and four fists of granite began trying to burst Kai apart. Several punches landed, hard punches, and Kai couldn't roll with the blows, not with this jerk choking him from behind. The creature said. Kai didn't know what the creature had said. He just knew that no one talked to the heretic like that. Kai reached out, grabbed two handfuls of the fleshy vocal tube sticking out of the key's head, and yanked. Flesh tore free, black blood flew, and the twelve-foot-long creature made a high one awful noise. Three seconds left before he passed out, maybe two. With a monstrous alien distracted for the moment, Kai twisted his head hard to the left and bit down on the alien fingers, pulling the weight bar tight across his throat. It was like digging his teeth into several layers of moistened leather, but Kai clamped his jaws and thrashed his head until something solid and wet tore free. At the same time, he drove his elbows down on the lower appendages clasped around his waist, the hard bone breaking the grip of his enemy. The weight bar clattered to the floor. Kai slipped free of the warrior, turning to face him and ducking and blocking several retaliatory strikes before he delivered a vicious combination of kicks and punches that all landed home. Kyle turned around. The blood-smeared key was gathering himself for a cannonball attack. The horizontal and vertical segments of his 12-foot body compacted into one 8-foot stalk of granite-hard flesh. Kai was strong. Kai was tough, but if there was one thing that made him the champion of the galaxy, it was speed. 
Kai closed the distance and launched a flying knee just as the key's body violently expanded. What was meant to be a devastating blow on Kai wound up being the key's death as the knee hit just under the eyes, cracking skull and smashing brains. Kai didn't escape unscathed. The collision spun him in midair, dropped him face down on the gym floor. With warriors were on him before Kai could fully recover. The four of them quickly overwhelmed him, not allowing him back to a vertical base. Hands grabbed, fists pummeled, feet kicked. Kai protected himself the best he could, but he'd suddenly been thrust into the worst possible defensive position. There was blood, and there was pain, and the levels of each were rapidly approaching a point at which both would become a problem. A deep, booming cry from across the gym suddenly halted the attack. It was a single word spoken in the Quith language. The beating stopped. Kai blinked away the blood pouring into his eyes, his blood, and stared through the forest of alien legs and feet. Korak the Cutter stood just inside the entrance to the gym. Squatted in a fighter's stance, one petty palp extended, palm up, fingers curling inward again and again. The universal symbol for, come on, let's see what you've got. Maybe Kyle North didn't believe in coincidence, but right about now he wasn't complaining. Kai laughed and spit out a mouthful of blood. A tooth went with it. Virak the Mean was the first to address Korak. They spoke quith. Kai listened for a moment, then realized his attacker's attentions were diverted. An instant kick, foot flashing out and taking the nearest warrior's leg so accurately the appendage ripped clean in two at the knee. His shriek alerted the rest of them, but by the time they turned their heads, Kyle was back on his feet his teeth bared, and wads of white foam staining the corners of his mouth. He tore into the next warrior like an industrial thresher. As he smashed the alien's limbs, Kai looked up and saw Chodo the Bright fly across the gym floor, hit hard, and lie still. Korak turned on Virak. And that's when Virak shot him. A small caliber revolver barked out three shots, all catching Korak in the chest. Kai had a moment to admire the grouping, a split-second understanding that what Virak lacked in hand-to-hand combat skill, he made up for with a gun. Kai stood there, fallen enemies all around him. Before he could attack, Virak swerved. Kai found the gun pointed right at his face. No one is that fast, Virak said. Kai nodded. Virak was right. Kai put his hands in the air and waited, hoping for a chance, hoping that Korak might attack Virak, or at least distract him. Instead, Korak the Cutter fell to his knees, then dropped to his back. Kai heard a police alarm, then realized he'd been hearing it for a few seconds. The Greens were coming. Chodo, Rex said. Let's go. Chodo stood up slowly. Blood poured out of his small mouth. I don't like this job anymore, said. How long until football season starts? Soon, Rex said. Let's move. We don't know if these are our cops. Those words seemed to snap Chodo out of it. 
As badass as he was, he did not want to go to the interrogation rooms of Buddha City Station. Virak and Shota ran out the door. They didn't seem concerned about their dead key associate or their four Quith warrior buddies, three of whom were also dead. The last one moaned. Kyle raised his foot and drove it down hard. Correction, four of whom were dead. Movement. Kai turned, ready to attack, and saw Korak struggling to his feet. He didn't look frightened. He didn't look shocked. He looked pissed. He looked like he wanted to kick someone's ass. Where's the bastard that shot me? Ran, Kai said. I'll find him, Rex said, after tomorrow's fight. Kai shook his head. What fight? You've been shot three times, old man. Korak shook his head. It always looked funny when the Quith did that, as their thick necks forced them to use their shoulders, too. Fight goes on. I've been hurt worse. That's crazy, Kai said. You've been hurt worse, too. I'll be ready for the bout. You don't like it? Then forfeit. Shuck you! You want to die in the ring? I'm happy to oblige. Next time, mind your own shucking business, old man. I don't need your help. You don't think it's a little suspicious you showed up in the nick of time to save me? The quith fighter made a sound that might have been derision. If I wanted the easy win, I would have just let them do what they were doing. When I beat you tomorrow, it will be because I'm better, not because someone got to you first. Kai stepped over the dead thugs. He moved past Korak, keeping the older being at more than an arm's length. I've never seen you beaten down before, Korak said as Kai approached the exit. There was more respect in how you took it than in anything I've seen in your fights. A night-only performance, Kai said. Don't get used to it. Though he would never admit it, not to anyone, Kai would think about those words every minute until he and Korak finally met in the ring. You have been listening to Title Fight, Season 2 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Produced by Ariok Morningstar, with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon. Superweaponband.com Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. 
and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.